Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast as we dive into week 12 and the Thanksgiving holiday. And that is always a line of demarcation for me. That is when the football season picks up speed and starts rallying towards the end of the season, the postseason, coaching changes, everything that happens. Thanksgiving is the time where you know that it's all near. And joining us today to talk about Thanksgiving, Michigan, Ohio State, this weekend, and everything going on with the Detroit Lions is their offensive tackle, Taylor Decker, who's been with Detroit for eight years since the Lions made him a first-round draft pick out of Ohio State in 2016. And this Thursday, he'll be playing on Thanksgiving, just like he's done with the Detroit Lions every year, and he will talk about the practice of playing on Thanksgiving as well as everything that the Detroit Lions have been through, and he gets emotional talking about it a must listen. And of course, we'll be joined by the host of the Fantasy Focus podcast, my friend, my colleague, Daniel Dopp, who's here to help us this week, as he is every week, with the weekly six-pack. What up, Adam? Always great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Topic number one of our six-pack today, how can it not be Thanksgiving? We've got this holiday on our doorstep, Adam. We get to watch the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers, three pretty big juggernauts in the NFC, go toe-to-toe with some matchups on Thanksgiving Day. I just want to ask you what Thanksgiving football means to you, Adam. How do you how do you watch it? Do you do Thanksgiving dinner? Or do you do Thanksgiving lunch while you're watching football throughout the day? How do you go throughout this entire day? Well, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you, Daniel, to our great producer, Christina Buswell, to Sarah Abbott, to all the listeners out there. And I will say this, Thanksgiving, I think is my favorite holiday. Really? I think it's my favorite holiday because there's no religion involved. It's very simple. Everybody celebrates family, food, and football. How do you not celebrate all that? So I always love that. Now, I've always, always worked on Thanksgiving, and it's just been a regular part of the practice covering this sport. I can remember being at the Denver Broncos training complex 16 straight years, every Thanksgiving, like you're there. And then you'd get done writing your stories, and you go have Thanksgiving wherever you were at that point in my life in Denver. Now... What I've done in other years is I've always, always done Sports Center in the morning oh. before the games that day. Always. This is the first year I'm not on the schedule. Now, we changed schedule makers. We went from the great Mike Cambrari to Lindsay Lloyd, equally great. And Camby, as my friend, always just put me on Thanksgiving. It was just always said, Lindsay, we're not going to let her in on the secret, hasn't scheduled me. For Sports Center that day. <laughs> now, if she wants to put me on, she's listening. I'm always down to doing it, but I'm not going to complain about not being on the schedule to do Sports Center for the first time in my adult life. I think this is the first time in 16 years at ESPN that I'm not on TV on Thanksgiving. Uh, and you know what? We'll have a nice lazy morning. We'll go over some notes. We'll hang out with the family. We'll walk the dogs. They'll enjoy my time off on television. And then we'll go to my wife's cousins. Now, here's the other part about Thanksgiving that's amazing. For years, we would always go to my cousin's house on Thanksgiving. The last four or five years, it's so many, I don't even remember exactly how many, we have not gone because first it was COVID. Yep. Then the next year, my wife's cousin came to our house 
to kind of say hello to us. And after he left, an hour after he left, his father called to let us know that he was in close contact with somebody with COVID and he had been exposed. So we couldn't go to no. our cousin's house. That was the next year. The next year, I was passing a kidney stone on Thanksgiving. Oh. The next year, my wife was sick. So then this would be the first year in five years that we're going. Now, I don't know what's going to go wrong between now and then, <laughs> but this would be the first year that I don't do TV and we make it to my wife's cousin's house to go sit around. And the great part about it also, something else I'll let you in on a little secret. Yeah, you're watching the games. Yeah, you're working. But do you have to do that? No, I mean, you kind of have to do but it. You know, you can interact. But I could sit there and I could just say, hey, this is my job. I have to gotta do work. this. Gotta, work, gotta watch. Yeah. Gotta watch football. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so good go. as, as a lions fan adam i grew up with thanksgiving being more of a lunch thing because the lions always play that uh, yeah. game on thanksgiving yeah. so i feel like i have a different tradition than a lot of people because i feel like it's a lot often it's thanksgiving dinner so well wait till you hear what taylor decker has to say about how he goes about his thanksgiving dinner. i am primed and ready to listen to taylor decker as whatever that man wants to talk about adam i will be here to listen to it all right topic number two for the six pack this week adam Schefter. we got to talk about the afc North, there has been unfortunately so many things that have gone on in this division. Every single team, it feels like, has been impacted in one way or another this week. Just tell me about the AFC North with the injuries that we've had, as well as the coaching changes. Daniel, we go back six days to last week. It starts on Wednesday when Deshaun Watson is declared out for the year, needing season ending shoulder surgery. We go Thursday night in Baltimore. The Bengals. At the Ravens, early on, Mark Andrews, the great, great Ravens tight end, goes down with an ankle injury that's probably going to end his season. Ugh. Then later in the game, Joe Burrow goes down with an injury that Friday, the Bengals say, requires season-ending surgery on his wrist. Then the games happen over the weekend, and the Browns win with Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing quarterback. On Monday, the Cleveland Browns officially sign Joe Flacco to their practice squad. They'll stick with Dorian Thompson-Robinson as their starting quarterback. And lo and behold, on Tuesday, the day that I think most every Pittsburgh Steeler fan has waited for, the Steelers fire their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Nothing says happy Thanksgiving, like getting fired two days in advance of the holiday. But yeah. truly, Mike Tomlin is the most loyal, patient coach around. And everybody around Pittsburgh wanted him gone. But Tomlin stood in there until today as we taped this, literally as we taped this, Matt Canada gets fired. And so there we are. Enormous changes in the AFC North. It's set up there for those teams like Baltimore and Cleveland with their defense and even Pittsburgh, if they can get the offense together to go to the playoffs. And Cincinnati, I don't know. I know Zach Taylor's got a lot of confidence in Jake Browning, who takes over for Joe Burrow as the starting quarterback. I know that they think the season's going to go on. That's the right attitude to have. But if we're going to talk matter-of-factly and honestly, it's hard to imagine that Jake Browning is going to get the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. But go ahead and prove me wrong. Yeah, it's been so difficult there, and it feels like this year there have been so many injuries. We will dive into that in a little bit, Adam. But let's keep things moving with topic number three for the six-pack. We got an Eagles team. That after Monday night football, taking down the Kansas City Chiefs is nine and one, Adam. 
They are the clear-cut number one team in the NFL, only followed by my Detroit Lions, who are 8-2. But we'll talk about them when we get Taylor Decker on in a second, Adam. Tell me about the Philadelphia Eagles. This team looks so good right now. Well, that was the first time that we'd seen two teams with records that good meet this late in the season on Monday Night Football. And the Eagles now move up one game on the Detroit Lions, who at this point in time, I guess the Cowboys still could catch the Eagles. I guess the Niners at 7-3 and three still could catch the Eagles. It's not over, believe me. A lot of football but left. A lot of football left, and the Eagles' schedule is tough. But if you're going to Kansas City and you're winning that game when you don't play your best football, you are making a loud statement. And the AFC, the Chiefs, they've now fallen back to the pack because yeah. the Ravens currently are the number one seed at 8-3, and three, and the Chiefs fall into a tie at 7-3 and three with the Jaguars, Dolphins, and Browns. So four AFC teams at 7-3. and three. And that doesn't mean that the Chiefs won't prevail. Their schedule, have you seen how soft it is down the stretch, Daniel? It's oh. set up for them still to be a one or two seed in the AFC. So even though they lost last night, probably – it's going to be a wake-up call to that team, probably going to motivate that team, yeah. probably going to do them well in the long run. That's the way you have to look at a loss like that. But an enormous game on Monday night and has enormous consequences for both conferences going forward as well. Topic number four, Adam, you just mentioned it. I want to dive a little deeper, though. I don't really want to dive deeper because you just mentioned the Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson injuries, but I think we need to talk about it because it feels like we've had more quarterback injuries this year than we have ever had. Don't forget Anthony Richardson, that promising young rookie, got injured earlier in the season, and Aaron Rodgers, game one. The New York Jets have been absolutely massively impacted by quarterback injuries. I just want to talk about all these injuries in the NFL at the quarterback position it feels like it's as bad as it has ever been adam do you feel differently well we've had some catastrophic injuries this season starting with aaron Rodgers' achilles four plays into the monday night game Ooh. against buffalo right away it almost set a tone for the year and you look at all the other quarterbacks who have suffered injuries during the course of the year whether they were season ending or just significant types of injuries there have been so many during the course of the season, Anthony Richardson out for the year. Kirk Cousins out for the year. Deshaun Watson out for the year. Daniel Jones out for the year. Joe Burrow out for the year. That's a lot of great quarterbacks. And you have all these rookies now starting. Last weekend, there were six rookie quarterbacks starting. Now, we know that Bryce Young is going to start. We know C.J. Stroud is going to start. But Anthony Richardson was lost for the year, and we still had six yeah rookie quarterbacks last year and the league has done everything to protect the quarterbacks make sure that they play don't get hurt and even then the league is still struggling to do that and when the quarterbacks go out the games aren't as compelling the ratings go down we're seeing points down per average this year so it has this massive trickle-down effect whenever the quarterbacks aren't healthy and they're not healthy this year and we're getting dorian thompson robinson and we're getting Gardner Minshew, who I like as a backup, but he, Anthony Richardson is exciting. Gardner is exciting, too. So it almost sounds like a shot, and it's not because I do like Gardner. But there are all sorts of quarterback questions, injuries, issues all across the league that have impacted almost everybody. And it's very rare that one team gets through without having to face any of this adversity. But it's been a crazy year for quarterback injuries. And my one wish would be that that's it, that there are no more, that we don't see any other quarterbacks go down, that everybody – gets to the finish line here and we don't have to have any more rookies step in to start Tommy DeVito come out of his 
you know, step off his mom and dad's couch to step in. I wonder what the DeVitos are cooking on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Yeah. I, I digress. We we want to see an end to these quarterback injuries. And in terms of Rodgers coming back, we want to see him come back too. But the problem is the Jets aren't doing their part. And as we tape this on Tuesday, if they don't win Friday and they fall a four and seven against the Miami Dolphins, then that's a tough situation here to go through and we'll see whether Rodgers can make it back at a time when it might be too late for him to come back in terms of the Jets making the playoffs. Well, Adam, that is a great transition into topic number five, because I think we need to talk about the Jets. Zach Wilson has been the guy leading them under center, but he has finally, finally been replaced this week. The Jets are going to start Tim Boyle, a quarterback that I got plenty of looks at as a Detroit Lion quarterback uh, during the 2021 season. Adam, what do you do at this point? I mean, Zach Wilson gave you everything that he possibly had. You know what Zach Wilson brings to the table, though. Like, the Jets had to make this move, didn't they? It's over for Zach Wilson in New York. And, again, short of more quarterback injuries, I don't know that he's ever going to play another down in New York. Robert Sala said on Monday that Tim Boyle will start Friday against the Dolphins. Trevor Simeon will be the backup. And Zach Wilson will be number three. So he went from starting in Buffalo on Sunday to now being the third-string emergency quarterback. What's amazing is there's only one quarterback this season, Daniel, who's been good enough and talented enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Only one. And that would be Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson also is the only quarterback to lose his starting job on Monday of Thanksgiving week and be benched before that game. And that's how that has gone down as well. And it's time for him to go on somewhere else. Robert Sala said he believes in him. Uh, thinks he can go on, and he's just gotten killed. Really, the idea here was for him to get a red shirt year this year in New York, not play at all, put him in bubble wrap, and have Aaron Rodgers take every snap. Literally, that was the idea. Watch him grow, learning. You saw on Hard Knocks how much he was soaking up everything that Aaron Rodgers was doing and saying. And then, of course, another trickle-down effect of the Aaron Rodgers injury is that Zach Wilson has to play. And he wasn't ready to play. And he needed more time to grow as a quarterback. And he didn't get it. And the market is tough enough and strong enough. And the times you live in are crazy enough that you can't learn on the fly in that position if you're not winning. The fans don't allow it. And they don't allow it with the history that Zach Wilson had last year. He had to play sooner than we thought. And so, therefore, I would imagine, I'm going to guess, he never takes another snap With the New York Jets, that is over. And the number two pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, one pick after Trevor Lawrence, picked ahead of players such as Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, Micah Parsons, is going to be done in New York. The Jets will be moving on from Zach Wilson, and he'll be moving on from them as well. I'm sure this is going to be a mutual divorce once the season ends. Yikes. What a tough season for the New York Jets. And especially for Jets fans, you come in with such high expectations with Aaron Rodgers. And unfortunately, this is how things turn out. Hopefully, Tim Boyle can help turn things around. As a Lions fan, I want to project a little bit of optimism, Adam, because Tim Boyle, if you remember at the tail end of the 2021 season, helped a young Amon Ross St. Brown break out the final four games of that year. So maybe we can unlock a little Garrett Wilson with Tim Boyle in the center. Fingers crossed. All right, topic number six, closing this one out. Adam, 
It is Michigan, Ohio State week. What a week this is. This is one of those things where if you're a college football fan, this is one of those games you got circled on your calendar from the very beginning of the season. Daniel, it is one of the great days of the college football calendar. And I was telling the story last week to somebody that the first and last and only time that I've ever been hung over in a press box was my senior year at Michigan. My friends and I drove to Ohio State for the Michigan-Ohio State game. We went out all night, and I had to cover the game the next day in the press box. And all I can remember thinking was, I will never do this again. <laughs> my head was slumped over in the press box. And that detracted from the day, which is a great day, but it's part of the festivities that surround that game and what a great game it is. And there's been so much adversity around Michigan with all the accusations of sign stealing and Jim Harbaugh getting suspended for the rest of the regular season and Sharon Moore taking over. But the fact of the matter is this is a really good football team. And Ohio State's always really good. And when they square off, you never know. But I'm fired up about it. And I was thinking, I usually watch with my college roommates. We gather together, but they're all spread across the country right now, right? Like some of them are going to the game. Some of them are down in Florida. Some of them are in Chicago. Like they're all over the place. So it's going to be me and my family for that game on Saturday. And I'm fired up for it. It's one of the great rivalries in all the sports. I have had the honor and pleasure to get to know some of these Michigan players. They're great young men. JJ McCarthy's outstanding. Blake Corum's outstanding. You see him like handing out. Oh yeah. Turkeys with his NIL money. Like love this kid. Great guy. Um, so we'll be watching. We'll be pulling for them, and we'll see how it goes. But it's just a continuation of the Thanksgiving holiday and the family and the food and the football that goes into Saturday with the big game at the big house. Fired up for it. And speaking of fired up, we go back to Thanksgiving again. And we go back to the Detroit Lions, who have become synonymous with the Thanksgiving holiday. And that's why we thought it was appropriate to bring on somebody who could represent that organization in this week to discuss what it means to play on Thanksgiving and what this organization has gone through being transformed from one of the worst teams in the NFL to one of the best. We are joined now by the former first-round pick of the Detroit Lions out of the Ohio State, the Lions offensive tackle, Taylor Decker. Taylor! How you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just got done with practice, got showered up, so we're good to go. You're looking fresh and clean there. That's right. <laughs> Here we go, a, right? I need a little bit of a haircut for, for uh, at least the Thanksgiving game, maybe by this Sunday. We'll see. How do we feel about playing on Thanksgiving? You've done this now, what, eight years? Yep. Um, you know, looking back on it, like, especially when I was a kid, like, I, you know, I grew up in Ohio, so, like, I was always going to be watching uh, the Lions game on Thanksgiving. Like, all my family loves football, so I always remember, like, watching those games as a kid growing up. You know, and then fast forward my first year in the league, like I get to be a part of it. Um, and it was one of those things where, you know, for us in the past, yep. it, it kind of was our like, that was our primetime game where everybody was going to get to watch us. Um, you know, recently, obviously, times have changed and it's yeah. you know, more primetime games, more people are seeing us play. But that was kind of like, this is our game to like show everybody you know, like who we are and, you know, maybe who you are as a player and as a team. So um, it's always been a special thing. And it's 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 a cool week because, yeah, it's a Thursday game, but it's also a Thursday, like I think it's noon. 
yeah, yeah. 1250. Um, so it's the shortest week and it's like, I don't know, like as a lineman, like that's like a tough thing to do. And like every, every lineman thinks they're a tough guy. Um, so it's just kind of a cool <laughs> thing to be a part of. Well, is there a thought, a change in thought now? Because it used to be something of a Super Bowl for the Lions. Mm-hmm. And now there's different thoughts about the Super Bowl for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for us, um, you know, we've been fortunate, um, you know, to 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 our team's credit to get a lot more games where people are going to see us nationally. Um, and, and we're going out there and answering the bell in those. And, you know, we're taking the mindset we're going out there to win those games as opposed to like, Let's not try to find a way to not lose, you know, not lose. Yeah. Uh, going out there with the mindset of we're going to go try and dominate this game and win this game. Um, and it's been a great, like, mindset shift, I think, um, for everybody. Do you set up a different type of Thanksgiving tradition, like playing the game at noon, you get done, and now you go do Thanksgiving dinner that night back at your house and you've done the same thing for eight years? Or is Thanksgiving taken on a new form in your life, Taylor? Yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> Every year, it's kind of different. When I was a younger player, um, I would try to have a bunch of my family up to the games and stuff like that. Um, you know, now as I've gotten older, you know, got a kid, you know, got a family, wife. Um, so I try to keep it a little more low key because um, obviously it's a really hectic week for us as players. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if I were to throw all that on, on my wife, especially with the baby, like that would be kind of selfish of me. So, um, you know, try to take some off her plate where I can. Um, and it's a lot more low key for me these days. But uh, obviously the game is about as high intensity as it can get. And to be able to be a part of, you know, America's tradition for Thanksgiving, getting to go out there and play and perform, uh, you know, that's special to me. So I'm fine with having it low key. Does it feel different playing that game compared to other games? I think for this city, uh, yeah, I think it's different. I think it's special to them. Uh, you know, I remember my first game. I'm like, it's a holiday. I remember watching it on TV, and there's always people in the stadium. But like, how crazy can it be? And like, that's like our kind of our our city's thing. Like, it's packed and it's rowdy. Like, you know, people are excited to go to that game, um, and I'm sure this year they're going to be more excited than ever to go to that game. Um, and then they go home and you know go good go get to be with their families and, and, you know, celebrate the holiday. Um, So I think it's a special thing for this city for sure. You've seen this franchise go from picking near the top of the draft to now being near the top of the seeds in the NFC. What has that transformation been like for you to observe it all, Taylor? Um, you know, when I've gotten this question, you know, over the past couple of weeks before, it's it's been revitalizing for me. It's been refreshing because it's one of those things where ultimately, like our sport is judged off of winning wins and losses. It's a high performance business. So, you know, when when things aren't going well, it's it's a lot harder to get up and go into work um, because it's like, man, things aren't going right. We need to get this thing right and get it figured out and get it going in the right direction. And things like that take time. Um, but I'm thankful that I was able to kind of be a part of kind of digging out of that hole um, and be a part of, you know, the lows because it's going to, it's making this, uh, this most recent success, like so much more um, sweet for me because I've seen the flip side of it. And right. I, I even said when I was drafted, the GM who drafted me said like, you should be here for 10 to 15 years. Um, and that's a responsibility I don't take lightly. And that's something that I hope I can just be aligned my whole career. So it's really special to me to be able to be a part of it, especially when, there's not anybody here from when I first played my first game as a lineman. Wow. Nobody. So they're all gone. 
Pretty much. I mean, there might be some staff upstairs, <laughs> the str- one of the strength coaches. <laughs> but it's like, as far as players, like, you know, Graham Glasgow's back here now, but he was yeah. in Denver for a couple of years. So it's like every, there's been so much turnover and to be able to just continue to be a part of it and try to be part of the solution has really been special. You you outlasted them all. It's pretty cool. That's right. <laughs> it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and also, it's also interesting to me that the Detroit Lions – have won one playoff game in almost 70 years. One, Taylor. The last time they won a playoff game, they won one in the early 90s. Before yep. that, it was 1956. They've never won, never, the NFC North Division. Yes. All these things are now possible for this team, and we'll see where it goes. Right. But how does that make you feel when you hear that this team, you, have a chance to do something that no recent Lions team has been able to do really for decades. Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, I would say it's something that I'm obviously very proud of. And I would say it's a testament to the type of people that have been brought into this organization, whether it's coaching staff, training staff, uh, front office personnel and players. Um, you know, it's just a testament to, I guess, building it the right way. And it took time. Like, um, obviously, everybody knows through the end of uh, the second half of last season, going through to this season so far, like we've had some uh, some pretty good success, um, but it took a lot of time um, and it's something where you had to put the work in. And I just like that it's kind of kind of like a like a story of like not quitting, like not giving up, like when things get harder, things aren't going well, like just sticking it through and seeing it through. Um, and that's what's made it really special for me. And that's why I'm really like proud to be a part of it. And it, like I said before, it's revitalizing, it's refreshing. Like, you know, I'm obviously the oldest I've ever been, but I also feel the best I've ever felt because that success just feels so good. Um, and all that, I mean, we're a young team, the young guys keep me young. So, well, you know, listen, there's nothing like when you're on a winning team, a part of a winning team to come to work every day. It's exciting. And there's nothing worse than when you're on a losing team. And you get to this time of the year and you got to go into work and do it day yeah. and day again. That that's the test of a professional, to be perfectly frank. That's when you yeah, see I mean, a professional is not. Yeah, there's been you know, there's been plenty of seasons where, you know, halfway through the year you're, you know, basically mathematically eliminated. Um but you still come in and you come to work because that's what you're here to be. You're a professional. And, and you know, for, like me personally, I'm here to play left tackle for the Lions. So it doesn't matter what our record is or what the outlook on the season is like that. You go do that. And then you trust everybody else to get things right and do their job. And, uh, you know, like I said, over time, ultimately, it's something that we've been able to do, get everybody um, on the right track. Everybody bought into what um, like to what we're doing here and, it's it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, the ultimate test is going to be, can we sustain it? Sustainability. Like the, the success we've had right now has kind of been lightning in a bottle. Like, can we sustain that? Because that's that's going to be the mark of like, are we really a good team? Like, yeah, maybe you can do it for one season or a season and a half. But can we do this over years mm-hmm. and years? Um, you know, I think that's going to be the, the true mark and true test and something that I'm excited to see through. Taylor, people talk about the Lions culture now under the new head coach, relatively new, Dan Campbell. What is Lions' culture and what changed under him to create this culture? I would say, first off, when he came in, everybody sees his personality, um, you know, interacting with the media and stuff like that. Um, 
and that's genuine. Like it's it's not just him trying to you know make a headline saying something crazy. Like that's genuinely who he is. And I think that's one thing that we could sense early on is players were like this guy is authentic. Um, he's genuine. He cares about us. He wants um, to give us respect, and in, in return, he wants to to gain our respect as well. Um, and and that's something that I think a lot of guys saw early on. Um, he's just like a genuine, authentic person. And then that respect level built the trust to, for us to be able to believe that he had our best interests in mind. Like, hey, guys, this is what I'm going to ask you today. Uh, maybe it's the first training camp padded practice or it's a joint practice. It's it's going to be a hell of a day, but this is what we need. And trust me, I'll make sure that you guys are right come week one of the season, whatever it may be. But this is what we need to do now. Um, and we just really bought into that. And, you know, I think that started with him being genuine and authentic and, and upfront and um, just gaining the respect and the trust of the players because, I mean, he's phenomenal. Like, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more happy to be playing for him. And when you bring it, when you talk about building the trust of the players and being phenomenal, when people say, what's he like to you, what stands out? I think he does a good job of, you know, obviously he's a former player. He played a long time. And, you know, we have a staff of a lot of former players um, yeah. of relating to each guy on, on an individual level. Um, and that, I'm sure that takes a lot to do because I don't have to interact with as many people on a daily basis as he does. Um, but he just does a really good job of like, let me relate to you as a person. And it could be something small. Um, but for, you know, maybe an undrafted rookie who's, you know, fighting for a spot on special teams, that small little interaction will probably mean a lot to them. Um, and that just le leads back to the point of him being like, a, a, you know, a genuine, authentic person. Um, cause like ultimately it's a relationship based business. Like you got to have good relationships in the building with, with your coaches, with the training staff, with the other players, your teammates. Um, and it's almost, he leads from the front in that aspect. Another one of your coaches that's gotten a lot of attention is your offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Yep. What would you say to any team that were thinking of hiring him next year as their head coach and what they would be getting if they did make that move? No, he's awful. He'd ruin your organization. Um, <laughs> um, he would, right? Yeah. That's right. Uh, he, he, keep going with that one. Keep, give it exactly. some legs there. Um, when he came in initially, he was like an offensive analyst for us. And, um, you could just tell, cause he would be out there running scout team safety for walkthrough. And you could just tell that he had just had a, a deep understanding for the game. Um, and the thing that I love most about him as an offensive coordinator, we are very multiple as an offense. We do a lot of things, but ultimately he takes the approach of what do my guys do well? And let me put those playmakers in a position to make plays. And he will tell you, you know, obviously he's, he's phenomenal at scheme and calling plays. Um, but he will tell you it is going to be about the players first and let me put them in a position to succeed. Let me know what they're good at. Um, and let me double down on their strengths and put them in a position to win. Um, and I think he's, he's just, he's phenomenal at that. Like he's, you know, we are very fortunate to have a bunch of really good coaches here. Um, and that just kind of, trickles down to the players and I would say he does a he does a good job of making complicated things um simple for us the, you know the coaches are doing the legwork and the scout team work or uh you know the scouting work and then with the cards to be able to make the difficult seem simple let me let me compress this down into, into tidbits of information that these guys can digest so they can go out there and play fast because ultimately that's you know we got to play fast um so they just do a really good job of relaying the information now, a lot of coordinators struggle to make the jump to head coach. Do you see him as a head coach 
and the traits that he have that will enable him to succeed, Taylor? Um, I mean, I, I'm sure, I don't know if he wants to be or not. I don't know. Um, but ab- I mean, absolutely. Like he is also one of those coaches that relates to the players very well. Um, mm-hmm. And he just gains your trust as, as a coach. And it's, it's one of those things where you want to go out there and you want to perform well because you know, your coach has your back and, and like believes in you and is trying to put you in a position to succeed. Um, you know, I just think he's, I couldn't say enough good things about him. And for me personally, like he's had some tough conversations with me personally um, that were built upon, you know, the trust that we had established um, in, in his years prior being here. So just, you know, a ton of respect for him because I know he's always coming from a place of love and um, just wants what's best for the players. And he has no ego about it. Zero ego about it. When you're talking about those tough conversations, are you talking about the way you're playing or something else? No, um, so I, I wrote about this um, ahead of my hundred start. Um, just through all the like the the losing, I'd kind of become a little uh, a little jaded and just angry all the time. Um, and he, I remember when when Dan got hired, and I was talking to Ben one time at OTAs. We we got in, you know, you go have your um, meetings with the coaches. Hey, this is what you know, scout review. We want you to just maybe work on this backside cutoff, whatever it may be. Um, and he just, we just started talking about a uh, legacy. Like, what do you want your legacy to be as a player? And that was something that was very frustrating for me because ultimately I was on a losing team. And uh, for me, I was like, I'm a loser. And, and that was frustrating for me as a player. Like, I don't want that to be my legacy. Um, and I kind of got lost in the big picture of like, how do we fix this? And, and that just kind of made me angry a lot of the time. Um, and he just asked me to take a step back and just, Hey, I just want you to focus on tomorrow. You got this workout in this run. Um, just try and get what you can out of that. Just try and do your best in that. Just try and get like small victories every single day. Um, because it's not affecting your performance, but you as a, as a leader of this team can do a lot more as an example for other players. Um, and that was just a tough conversation that he had with me. Like, hey, let's just take this one day at a time and just get a victory every single day. And that made me start to feel like a winner. When did you start to shed that feeling, Taylor, of feeling like a loser? Um, I think it would have been really in that in that training camp in, in uh, 2021. Because um, I was just trying to take the mindset of, like, let me go out there and be at my best every single day and uh, leave behind all that you know that past kind of like baggage that I was carrying with me about like hmm. like what is what ultimately am I going to be remembered for as a player um and like let me just kind of look forward at the future because we had a fresh start as an organization and it was something that I wanted to be a part of and I always wanted to be a part of the solution and I had an opportunity to so let me just see if I can be the best player I can be every single day in camp um and at times I had to like really think about that. Um, and then it just kind of became second nature because it was just kind of liberating to where I wasn't having to think about the big picture and this and that. I was just thinking about, let me play left tackle. Um, and that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I was able to just stack good days. And like I said, it, that made me feel like a winner because I feel like I'm going to win this day. And then it just kind of snowballs. So now that you stack good days again together, and now mm-hmm. that you feel like a winner and now that you don't feel that way anymore, what do you want 
your legacy there to look like, Taylor? Mm. Um, I think ultimately, I, I just want to be remembered as a, just a resilient person. Um, Cause like this organization, you know, obviously wasn't where it, where it wanted to be, um, you know, just a couple years ago. Um, and for me, it was never uh, a thought that I wanted to quit or go anywhere else or retire or anything like that. Like I, I wanted to be here and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, you know, whatever I'm remembered for as far as performance, I honestly don't care. I just want to be remembered as far as going about my business as a professional the right way. And as a, as a man, you know, um, just kind of, taking the hard way because it was the right way. And um, ultimately that's, that's all I can really ask. Let me let you know a little secret. If you happen to enjoy some playoff success, and if you happen to have that success be sustained and extended into February, into Las Vegas this year, or another Super Bowl in another year, you mm -hmm. cannot even imagine the legacy that'll be left behind for you there in that city for the amount of happiness that you would bring to Lions fans. It's something to entertain. I know we don't get ahead of ourselves and we take it one at a time. You got the Packers on Thanksgiving day, but I'm just telling yeah. you having covered two Super Bowl champions in Denver, you win one of those Taylor, you are forever a champion in that city. Somebody who will always be, you'll be remembered there anyway, but I mean, yeah. you'll be re remembered in an elevated way. That will always leave you with this feeling of pride. A hundred percent. And uh I mean that's something that uh I mean that's the ultimate goal. Like that's you just want to be a part of something special. Like, you know, as, as players, you put your your whole life is football. Like you know, everything else takes a back seat. Um so if it culminated in something like that, that was like huge for not just me but for the team for the city I yes mean, the fans here the, the amount of dms and stuff i get of just people that it's just it's a recess for them like they, they're just like so excited they get they get three four hours to watch their team on sunday and they're proud of it um i mean that's amazing football is amazing in that aspect and you've had eight years of it and you've won recently can you imagine having almost 70 years of the built-up feeling of being a loser. To be frank, I cannot. You know, I've I, and I've you know had some interactions with fans where it's like you know I've been a fan for fifty years. I've watched every game with my dad, and um, I remember after the Packers game last year. You know, obviously season finale, we were eliminated, and you know people would be like, "I've never been so happy or so excited in my life about Lions football," and I don't have perspective on that, but man, I can appreciate it. Can you ever allow your mind to get to that spot to imagine what it would be like? Again, we're talking about it and I'm filling you into a small degree of what it could be like, but do you ever allow yourself the opportunity to let your mind wander and imagine what it would be like? I think occasionally it's good to dip your toe in the water of that. Yeah. Because that's ultimately your goal and that's where you want to go and, and, you, and you have to keep that goal in mind, but then you have to rein it back in and, and, yeah. Realize that it's the one day at a time, yeah. boring, you know, cliche answer. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's good to dip your toe in the water of that because if, if that's your ultimate goal, like that's got to be on your radar. You talked about Ben Johnson putting you in position to succeed. 
Now, over the course of your career, you do have three catches and two touchdown receptions, Taylor. (laughs) Is there any chance that Ben's going to cook up something for you here down the stretch on Thanksgiving where we're going to get to see another Taylor Decker touchdown? Come on. Um, Yeah, I hound him about that stuff a little bit. Um, You know, I will say that on Fridays, the linemen have been running go routes with the quarterbacks (laughs) that started practice. So we'll see. We'll see. Go routes. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to run that in the game, but every Friday, the whole offensive line, we all we all run two go routes, and the quarterbacks are throwing to us for pat and go. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what he has up his sleeve. He's he's the mastermind. Uh, wow, that'd be something to see. We're rooting for another Taylor Decker touchdown here soon. Now, the other part of playing on Thanksgiving is you have a bye weekend, so you're yes. free on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday. There's a game there in is. Ann Arbor. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Any chance you go to that game, Taylor? Probably not. Um, <laughs> you know, is a big guy standing up for four hours sounds brutal. You know, that just, <laughs> oh, man. I just think of my low back getting tight and all that stuff and making the drive out there. And the traffic in and out for games is, <laughs> is rough there. Um, so I'm probably just going to stay home, watch it at home with – with my wife and daughter and uh, take full advantage of that little mini bye weekend as opposed to, you know, coming in and needing treatment on Sunday from standing at the game. Got a preview of me. Got a preview for me of how that game's going to go. Um, I mean, I think it's probably going to be about as physical and, and tough and gritty, especially, you know, the last couple of years, Ohio state, you know, we, we, we haven't won. Um, and we've had a lot of success, you know, and, and, recent history um and that's something that i know is just eating at those guys being a player that's been in that position that's played in that game and how much it means to um you know buckeye fans in in the state of ohio like that that's the one like you got to perform in that one um so it's just fun that that rivalry is is what it is it's super competitive and you know just Everybody's going to, I think it's the best rivalry in all sports. Of course, I'm a little biased, um, but it's just going to be fun because it's like a powerhouse matchup. And like, what else would you want your rivalry game to be? Like, it's it's historic. There's all the cool clips of all the amazing players that have played in that game. Um, so I think it's probably going to be about as tough, close, physical, gritty, all the Detroit line buzzwords um, of a game that, that we've probably going to, that we've probably seen in the last, I don't know, five six years and how tough is it to be a buckeye in the state of michigan these days um not as tough as you'd think you know i'll get little jabs here and there at people um (laughs) but at this point you know i tell people you know i've played over double the games for the lions that i did for ohio state wow i'm i'm obviously i'm very proud about you know my my time at ohio state and and you know i grew up in ohio kids you can't hold it against me um i'm very proud of it but it's something where you know, when I got to the NFL and the Detroit Lions drafted me, I'm like, um, this is going to be home. Like, and this is only, this is where I be. This is where I had to grow up and, and and you know really learn to be a professional and stuff like that. So you know, this city is always going to hold a special place in my heart. And I get the jabs, but I think I think the people will appreciate me. So even as somebody who grew up in Ohio, your plans right now, subject to change, are to stay in Michigan. Uh, like when I'm done playing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I live in um I'll, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Good for you. So I love it out there. Uh, no, coming out, coming out for the uh, out of college, we played our last game in the Fiesta Bowl, and uh, I started 
training there uh, with Charles Bentley. Uh, yeah. And I just loved it out there. Like being in Ohio, I thought Arizona desert, sand dunes, all that stuff. And it was just not what I thought it was at all. It was, it's beautiful out there. Uh, my wife's family's out there. Uh, oh, wow. So uh, I, I love it out there. It's, it's great. Let me tell you something. I lived in Denver for a number of years and here I live in New York. Everybody right. in New York, they go down to Florida for the winter. In Denver, everybody go to Arizona for the winter. I always thought it would be awesome to be in Arizona. So I moved to New York, marry a woman from New York whose family is in Florida during the winter. Right. So you know where I'll probably wind up in the winter, right? Although yeah. if I had my choice, Taylor, it would be with you out in Arizona. That's right. But it's not up to you. It's not up to you. <laughs> no, it's not. We have five dogs. And like I tell people all the time, right. they're like, how can you get to five dogs? I'm like, very simple. My wife wanted five dogs. I wanted one dog. We compromised. We got five dogs. That's that's right. That is right. <laughs> that's how it works, right? That's right. Hey, I want to thank you very much for the time today. I really enjoyed talking to you. Gives, gives us even more reason to watch and pull for the Lions this season. I'm just telling you, if you come through for the city, it would be unforgettable and it would be forever. Fingers crossed. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. How great was that? And how great was Taylor Decker? Literally, as he's talking, you could see how emotional he was getting and how much it meant to him to be a part of this transformation in Detroit to where the Lions now, they're the number two seed. They might win the number one seed. They're in line to win their first NFC North title Ever. They've never won the division ever, ever. And have a chance to have more playoff wins this year than they've had in almost 70 years together. So as we talked about with Taylor Decker, like he's got a chance to make even more of a mark in that city and to leave even more of a legacy than he already has. And you could see how much it meant to him. And it's hard not to root for him and that team after you listen to him, Daniel. No, absolutely. I mean, Taylor Decker is one of the Iron Men within that offensive line and on this Lions team. And as one of the few holdovers from a different regime, the perspective that he has to come out of playing in those situations and those environments, watching teammates quit around him, fans come to the stadium with bags on their head to boo at how bad this Lions team is to where we're at now where Brad Holmes set this team up, where Dan Campbell is leading this team on the field. I just love it. Adam, my only disappointment is that Taylor Decker never got a chance to get a turducken from the great John Madden. May he rest in peace. That is one of my favorite Thanksgiving things that I always think about is that turducken ceremony at the end of a Thanksgiving Day game. Did you ever have any, did you ever uh, do any live Thanksgiving stuff on the field or were you ever a sideline reporter or anything like that where you got to meet John or be a part of any of those type of things? Oh, well, yeah. First of all, uh, I covered some Thanksgiving Day games for the NFL Network, uh, being okay. in Detroit. Uh, I've covered a number of Broncos. Were those games. Barry games or were those like Calvin Johnson games? What years were uh, they? It would have been 2004 to 2009. So I, I okay. don't, I don't, I honestly, none of them stand out. What stands out to me is I remember the Broncos played on a handful of occasions on Thanksgiving Day. And they played in Dallas one year. They played in Detroit one year. And then even the NFL Network's first ever broadcast of a Thursday night game. See, the Thursday night package that now belongs to Amazon, yep. it belonged to NFL Network. And it started 
I believe in 2006, Thanksgiving night, Denver at Kansas City. And this is a story I told when the NFL Network had me on recently for the 20th anniversary. And I was, uh, well, let me say this. Let me backtrack that, Daniel. Do you know who the first ever broadcast team for NFL Network was when it launched those Thursday night games in 2006? I would guess, just a guess, because he's synonymous with NFL Network to me, Rich Eisen and somebody else. That's what I would guess. The play-by-play man was Brian Gumble. Oh, the okay. color commentary man, the analyst, was Chris Collinsworth. Oof. And the sideline reporter was Adam Schefter. Me, oh. Brian Gumble, and Chris Collinsworth. That was the team, the Thursday night team. But I was doing a pregame report on the first ever Thursday night broadcast for NFL Network. And I reported on that game that the Denver Broncos in the next week would be benching Jake Plummer and turning to their young rookie first-round draft pick, Jake Cutler. Jake Cutler, yeah. And the Broncos owner, Pat Boland, showed up in the broadcasting truck to see me and ask if my report was true. And I said, yes, Mr. Boland, it is. <laughs> and the next week, Jay Cutler took over as the Broncos quarterback. No and way. that's what I remember about being in Kansas City on that particular Thanksgiving. Adam, just and to so, be a fly in the wall in some of your scenarios. Unfortunately, you went from Gumble and Chris Collinsworth to me. So I think you kind of slid back a little bit, but still a very cool time for you, hopefully. Well, Thanksgiving conjures up a lot of memories for a lot of people. And I, like I said, it's connected to football. So it goes back to stories like that. But I want to, on this Thanksgiving week, I want to thank you. I'm thankful that you joined the podcast to be a part of this weekly six pack. I appreciate you and that, Daniel. I'm thankful for Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, and for all the work that they do to make this podcast possible. And I'm thankful to all the people who honor us by tuning into this each week and subscribing to the podcast or listening to the podcast, whatever it is that we do in this day and age, I'm not even smart enough and technologically savvy enough to tell you exactly <laughs> how it works. Other than I am thankful that people get to listen so that we can continue to try to put out something each week that is a little bit informative and insightful. And hopefully people have found that, that to be the case. And we want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving week as we kick off Football games on Thursday and yeah. the start of the holiday season, because that's really also what Thanksgiving is about. And another reason why I love the holiday so much, it's the unofficial start of the holiday season. Let's hope it's a happy and healthy and safe one for everybody. Wishing everybody out there a very happy Thanksgiving. Please join us again next week when we'll be back with more insights, interviews, and information. Until then, have a great week. Be well. Stay safe and happy Thanksgiving.